This is uh, Tooth Be Told. This is Dr. Will Cradock. And this is Dr. Walter Aka. How are you guys doing today? We have a good friend of mine, Dr. Hay. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing real, real well. I uh, appreciate you. How are you guys doing? Oh, good, man. Appreciate you coming through. You know, we wanted to kind of, he's a periodontist. He uh, went to my uh, residency. Okay. Excellent guy. I mean, he's board certified at periodontics. Okay. He uh, was his, he was actually the chief of that year. Talk about it. You know, my man was very good. Very smart guy. You so know? you would say as a periodontist, he's better than you? No, no, we're not going to say all that. He's not better than me. I would say that. He's not better than me. Dr. Hay, <laughs> go ahead and tell him that you're not better than me. <laughs> you don't have to answer that question. I, I'm, I'm going to be on his side. I'm going to say plead the fifth. Uh, no, we're both, both excellent periodontists. No, but Dr. Hay is incredible. Like, he's really good. Dr. Hay, please tell us what, what uh, your office that you uh, work through, please. So um, I work out of a private practice. Um, we've got two locations in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and um, it's a fee-for-service practice. Yeah, there's three periodontists. Great opportunity. It's a great practice to be a part of, and uh, it's wonderful. So and, and continuing to, uh, to get busy and grow. Dr. Hay, did you always know you wanted to do perio? Actually, no. No, I, I kind of made that decision uh, once I was a third-year dental student. Um, I knew I wanted to specialize, and I knew I liked surgery. Um, I kicked around doing endodontics for uh, a little bit, but ultimately I decided that I liked the variation of, uh, of periodontics and doing more surgery than what, than what endodontics offered. Awesome. That's so it's kind of a late decision. That's okay. Decision, it's better late than never, right? Exactly. Right, right. It's one <laughs> I wouldn't change, that's for sure. So, that's right. I love it. So, you know, one thing about Dr. Hay is we want to basically talk to him about uh, what he's done, right? As a periodontist, you have different techniques to to basically fix, fix recession, correct? Yeah. As a, as a periodontist, we're trained... You know, to do a whole, a whole number of different techniques that, um, with, that achieve or try to achieve root coverage for recession, whether it be for, um, sensitive roots to, to hotter cold temperatures or to improve an aesthetic problem. Um, and there's a number of techniques out there that, you know, some of them are older, some of them are newer. Um, and we've been trained in most of them to achieve success and to get the best results for the patient. So, you know, it's really about matching the technique to the clinical case, you know, picking the right, the right tool in the toolbox, so to speak, uh, because that's what all the techniques become is, you know, just another, another tool that you can use to achieve success in a, in a case where, you know, maybe an, another technique may not work as well. So as a periodontist, Working with soft tissue every single day gives us uh, an understanding of, of how the tissues are going to react and um, you know how far we can push them to achieve what we what we want to. So when you when you get a patient or a case, um, what are the criteria that you go down basically to see if if surgery is even needed? Like, say a patient comes uh, with some recession, um, what are your clinical guidelines basically to say? Oh, maybe surgery is warranted, or maybe we should do something else. What? what how do you go? What's your thought process as a patient comes to you for uh, recession? Yeah, that's a great question. So usually, I start with whatever the patient's desires are. So if there's something that they view as a problem, whether it be 
functional or, or something that's sensitive or certainly something that's aesthetic, you know, we're, we're much more likely to, to address that with, with surgery in an attempt to try to fix it if indeed it's, if there's some type of deficiency there um, in soft tissue. But in, in some cases, there's, you know, a number of cases where we examine it. You know, there's definitely recession there, but sometimes we just monitor those cases, um, you know, maybe for six months or a year to see what happens because uh, maybe the patients aren't ready to, to go through surgery at that time. And uh, a lot of it has to do with the amount of attached uh, gingiva around the teeth. So uh, if it's just movable mucosa there, uh, that's an area that, that could be at, at a higher risk to recede. And so oftentimes those will address um, sooner and uh, something that has a lot more attached gingiva maybe will would warrant a more conservative approach and, and keeping an eye on it, you know, very closely. So there's a number of times where we'll recommend surgery. Uh, there's a number of times where we'll recommend, uh, you know, just a, a close follow-up uh, with our office to make sure that, that things are remaining stable. Yeah, you know, and let me kind of summarize what you just said right there, right? So the first thing that I look for, there are three things that I look for, maybe four, right? The first thing is, do you have any sensitivity? Okay. Right? The second thing is, do you have, uh, do you, do you have any, um, gums, any pink gum that are, are gonna protect you from causing recession? I have no gums. Right? And then the, and then the third thing is, do you hate the way your gums look? Meaning like, are your teeth too long? And do you, you know, the recession that occurred, are your gums too long? Are your teeth too long? And do you hate the way that it looks? Those three factors is what I actually talk to patients about and say, you know what? You may need gum surgery on this app, on, on these teeth. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's 100% spot on. It's, it's really about, you know, the amount of pink gum that's around the tooth. Right. And, and how stable that situation is going to be. And also, you know, if there's any habits involved, you know, certainly addressing those, whether it's over aggressive toothbrushing or chewing tobacco or something that, that's going to make the recession worse. Certainly those need to be addressed along with any corrective surgery or even without corrective surgery just to, to try to keep things from getting any worse. Right. You know, and one thing that I wanted to um, talk to you about, with, which is you're pretty much an expert in this, is you ha- you've basically uh, worked and, and, and have been using a non-invasive uh, technique, which involves not using any, like, uh, stitches or anything at all. I want you to talk to us more about that. Yeah, there's some, uh, there, there's a newer technique out there that is minimally invasive and um, it doesn't require any sutures. And, or or any harvest or, or any gum tissue to be taken from the patient themselves, which is a huge benefit. Um, a lot of people's anxiety, a lot of patients' anxiety when it comes to getting gum surgery, especially gum grafting, related to having to take the, the gum tissue from somewhere, and which is usually the roof of the mouth, as you know. Uh, it's a very sensitive area, and it can be can be painful. Um, so if we're able to avoid that, then, then that's a huge, huge benefit. So I use that technique. I use some, some newer techniques a lot in my practice. Um, there are certain situations where, uh, I feel that it works very, very well and gives me the ability to do cases that 
I probably wouldn't be able to do in the same way with more traditional techniques, but there's certainly still a place for the traditional techniques in certain situations where maybe, like you said, the amount of gum is, is lacking. You know, have I seen cases where the newer, uh, newer techniques are able to, to gain attached gum tissue? I have. Do I think that that's, you know, in all cases, the most predictable way to do that? Probably not. But um, that doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It's a very, very nice, you know, there's some very nice techniques out there. And as, as we continue to innovate and the, the science, you know, continues to back up some of these, these newer techniques, you're going to see more and more of it in, in the dental field. Well, the, you know, Dr. Hay, let me ask you a question real quick, okay? Uh, when it comes sure. to, when it comes to the, because I mean, you are a periodontist, you do so many different techniques to try to get the same results, right? When it comes to what you see online or what you see on, on, on TV, you see that, oh, this technique doesn't involve, you know, stitches, doesn't involve, you know, taking tissue from the roof and the mouth. Do you always say that this is the best technique for every situation? No, no, and no, certainly not. And, and I don't think that you can say that. I don't think that you can say that about any technique, to be honest. Right. You, there are certain situations where, the same technique would, in one patient, work very, very well, and in another patient or another clinical situation, would work very poorly. And we would probably select a different, uh, different choice in that in that area or in that other patient. So, um, no, I, I I never I always stand behind my work, but I never stand behind just one technique. Uh, and and that's why you know the benefit of of being a periodontist is. You have the training and all the different techniques. So if one technique isn't going to work very well in that case, then you've got something else that you can go to that that probably will. Um, some of the 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 trendier techniques out there, you know, there's there's a lot of practitioners doing those techniques that may not have the background in soft tissue treatment um, to provide maybe the more traditional techniques. And so I think in some cases, uh, you know, some techniques tend to get, you know, overused a little bit um, in, and tried to maybe apply to situations where there's probably a better option. But if that better option <clears throat> isn't known by that practitioner, then it's not available to the patient. So from a patient standpoint, you know, certainly if I'm the patient, I want somebody who is going to be able to do whatever is going to work the best in that particular case, whether it be something that's more traditional or something that's, uh, you know, a little bit more innovative. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about this, right? You, as, as a periodontist, have learned so many different ways of doing the same thing, right? Yep. And there are other people, we'll call them GPs, that <laughs> wow <laughs> that 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 don't know all the different avenues of getting the same result right so they they, right. they learn one thing over a weekend you know what i mean and, and honestly my <laughs> my daughter can't even learn how to walk over a weekend but yet they want to learn dentistry over a weekend you know uh, <laughs> i think i know where you're going with this so what I'm what I'm irritated about is you learn one technique and you think this technique is going to work for every kind of recession. Please tell us, you know, and I I wanted to bring you on because if I say it, I'm a hater. If you say you're 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 an expert expert on this, so please tell us 
right? Please tell us what you think of people that just learn something over one weekend and say, this is the only technique I'm going to use. Please talk about that. So, like you said, no, you know, 15, 20 different ways to achieve the same thing. So if if one way won't work very well, we've got a whole other bunch of options that we can choose. Um, somebody that that just has that one technique ends up applying it in situations where maybe it's not the best. And to be honest, it's it's not necessarily um, you know it doesn't work well for the practitioner either because I've seen a number of cases that were maybe techniques that were misapplied and they don't work out well. And so then the patient ends up becoming upset because they feel like their treatment didn't work or at least was not up to their expectations. You know, their results weren't, they weren't happy with them. So now they're having to go through potentially another surgical procedure, either with that practitioner or somebody else. So if you're, if you're applying things in cases where, you know, it may not be the best, best choice, not only are you putting your patient's treatment at risk, but you're putting your reputation out there as well. Because if you're not certain that you can achieve, you know, a good result, then the patient needs to be made well aware of that. So how how often would you say that that, that, that happens where you, maybe the right technique or procedure wasn't uh, identified and they're now they're in front of you. They've they've lost trust in that original provider, and now they're coming to you to basically correct uh, what was done. Um, is that something that's fairly like common or not not that common? It depends. You know, it depends on on the situation. I think most most patients are pretty you know are pretty forgiving, and oftentimes won't switch practitioners you know right away. But I've, I've certainly seen a number of cases maybe could have been treated differently, maybe that I would have treated differently. That doesn't necessarily mean that they were treated wrongly in the first place. It's just, like you said, uh, Walter, you know, there's there's a number of ways to achieve the same thing. And, you know, if you ask a couple different periodontists how to do, uh, or a couple different general dentists how to do the same thing, you're going to get a couple different answers. And so no, no, uh, no treatment plan is going to be exactly the same. And there's definitely uh, cases out there that I can say that I would I would have treated differently myself. Uh, you know, sometimes you just have to tell the patient, you know, you're not a very good candidate. Mm. And and if people understand that they're not a good candidate, they're not going to, uh, you know, pressure you into trying to do something if they feel like they're not a good candidate because they don't want it, you know, they don't want it to fail on that. You know, so, so that's one thing that I use a lot because I'll get people, if they're a great candidate, then that's fantastic and we'll provide that. But in some cases it's, it's about patient, patient education and, uh, you know, really explaining to them what you're trying to do and why they are, you know, oftentimes are not maybe the best candidate for certain techniques. Here's a question for you. When it comes to, and again, I want to answer this question myself because, again, I come off like a hater, but if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I had a general dentist or somebody else do this gum surgery on me and it didn't work, but I want you to do it because you are the person that does gum surgeries all the time, right? Would you charge more 
for the procedure, would you charge the same or would you say, you know what, unfortunately, I have to fix their mistakes, so it's going to cost a little more? How do you do? How do you deal with that? Um, that's a good question. I would probably, I probably wouldn't modify my fee, you know, over and above what it what it would be if I had treated things from the beginning. With soft tissue grafting, in, in most cases, even if even if it completely fails. Usually it goes back to the way it was before this, before treatment. Right. So there's not usually with soft tissue grafting, there's not usually a whole lot of, you know, extra added expense or work for, to, to fix something. Um, you know, very different from things like implants, which is a completely different topic, you know, where you're removing implants potentially and that becomes, you know, more expensive, obviously, but with soft tissue grafting, if it's completed and even if it completely fails, worst case scenario, it's probably going back to pretty close to where it started. And so my fee probably wouldn't change, um, wouldn't change very much over and above what, what I would normally charge. So imagine that you, um, you know, you're sitting at your office and you're hanging out and you look, you turn the TV on and you see a procedure that is really being advertised on Facebook on your on your computer on your TV right and you think oh and people are calling you and like hey do you do this procedure right that doesn't involve any kind of stitches or anything at all and i know you do everything i, I know that's why i called you that's why i wanted you on here you do all the different procedures that you that are out there right now what do you tell patients to kind of like tone down their expectation yeah you just have to be honest with them and i think everybody appreciates that you know, most most patients will appreciate, and, and it's certainly, you know, in one way, it's very helpful. Um, it's, you know, there's great, advertising is great to, you know, get people, you know, in the, in the door and in your chair and um, give you that chance to educate them. And so as a specialist, you know, somebody that comes to my office and sits in my chair for, say, a, consul a consultation for a recession, most of the time, they understand that I know a lot more about it than they do. And so, it's usually not too difficult of a, of a, um, conversation once you educate them a little bit about what, you know, what they have going on specifically and what you can do to fix it. And, uh, you know, I always tell everybody that, you know, there's multiple options when you're thinking about treating recession and how to, how to fix recession. Before I do my examination, I always tell them, I'm going to sit you back. I'm going to take a very detailed look. I'm going to take a lot of measurements around all of your teeth. And then I'm going to tell you what I think I can do to help you in the most, um, the most efficient and the most predictable way. And, you know, whatever technique that ends up being, you know, we decide that, you know, together. And sometimes, there's multiple techniques and then it becomes more of a, a patient um, desire. You know, in certain, some easier cases, you could probably treat just as successfully, you know, with one technique or another. And so if one involves taking from the mouth and the other one doesn't, then usually I'll leave that up to the patient if, if I feel like they have equal um, success rates. But in certain situations, I don't even consider doing some techniques because I feel like, um, in my hands, from my experience, technique may, uh, not work as well, in, you know, in, in that patient. So, Vice versa, you know, 
sometimes we can't go to the roof of the mouth to take uh, to take tissue away, whether it be that the patient's on some type of medication that we want to limit the number of surgical sites or, uh, you know, so understanding the whole patient, the medical history uh, is is very important. And, and so I just educate the patients about that. And they understand, you know, they're coming to see a specialist and, you know, a board-certified periodontist knows how to to treat gum recession. And so um, most times the recommendations are taken pretty well, um, regardless of what technique they came in asking about. So what, what advice would you give? And this will be the last question. I know you're a busy man. Uh, so what advice would you give to patients who see the commercials and say, hey, I only want this? I would say to keep an open mind. There's, you know, there's a lot of ways to achieve the same thing. And, you know, I've had, I've had great success with, uh, newer, minimally invasive techniques. Like I said earlier, um, I've had the ability to treat cases that before, um, you know, before I, I had that tool in my toolbox that I wasn't able to treat as efficiently. Um, uh, maybe they would have taken a couple visits, um, uh, where now I can do them in one visit. Um, and so, you know, I've had I've had great success with some of the newer techniques, but I've also had great success with uh, more traditional techniques. And and so I, I would caution patients from uh, you know putting too much um, too much faith in any one technique because everybody's different, and and dentistry is is at its core it's a practice. It's a practice of dentistry and uh, it's a practice of periodontics. And so no two patients are the same and no two techniques are the same. And to really get the best success, you need to match, you need to diagnose what the real problem is and address that. And there's certain techniques that are better at addressing certain problems um, than other ones are. So to get a successful result, you really need to, you know, do a thorough diagnosis and evaluate what's going on and then really, um, you know, have a lot of tools in your toolbox that you can use to, um, you know, to, to really address those problems and provide the best treatment to the patient. So my, in short, my, my advice to patients would be to keep an open mind and, uh, and trust the practitioners that, that have, um, extensive training in various ways, you know, to, to treat, um, gum recession, like a board-certified periodontist. Uh, we've been trained for three additional years in addition to dental school and then gone through the board certification process as well. So, um, you know, a, a periodontist is, you know, really, you know, should be the go-to practitioner for uh, treating gum recession. And, and that's, uh, you know, I feel strongly about that. So, so Dr. Hay, what would you say – uh, this is going to be a little bit off the the topic we talked about gum recession. What would be what would you say has been the most rewarding uh, procedure or case that you've been involved with um, as a periodontist? And, and don't forget, you can mention us in residency too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's a tough one, man. There's so many. There's so many reward. I mean, there's rewards every single day. You know, I think that you know just. In general, I don't know if I can even name one case, but 
you know, just giving somebody the ability to do something that they weren't able to do before. And so whether that's giving somebody the ability to smile because they didn't like that they had severe gum recession and you fixed it and now they can smile again, or whether it's somebody who doesn't have any teeth and they can't chew and, you know, you can do implants and and give them the ability to chew and eat normal foods again. You know, either of those are equally as rewarding to me. And, you know, I really love just being able to give people the ability to do something that they couldn't do before they met me. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I, I would like to hope that Dr. Aka feels the same way, but what, what would you say, Dr. I, Aka? You know what? I really don't care what people say. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> 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 it's what makes me explain. Happy. Explain that. Let me explain. But let me explain that. I don't care if, if what I did made you happy. <laughs> it's did it make me happy? You know, that's the difference between Dr. Hay and I. So uh, all the patients, please go to Doctor Hay. Right. Uh, Doctor Aka doesn't care if if if, if he if he made a lasting impression on your life. Doctor Hay's uh, way nicer than I am. Yeah. <laughs> and you know he was oh, he was man. like the same way he was the, the same way in our residency. Doctor Hay was excellent. Uh, but we you know one thing I wanted to bring Doctor Hay on was to basically explain to people that just because you see something on TV doesn't necessarily mean that's the only technique available to try to re- resolve your problem. Exactly. Right? And and we talked about right. recession. You know, you don't want to just say, oh, I saw this on TV, so let me call my periodontist or general dentist and say, hey, do you do this technique? And if no, then I'm going to go somewhere else. Exactly. Right. You know, most people look at that and say, this is the beginning of something, and now I have a better knowledge of it, so I can ask more questions. Yeah. You know? And, and I mean, Dr. Hay, like I said, he does everything. You know, and so I don't want to, I want to bring him on because you can ask any question of him and he'll be able to answer it for you. But to, but to your point, when you pigeonhole a provider to, Hey, I want you to, to fix, uh, my issue with this only one technique or procedure, um, it doesn't allow them to treat you as an individual, uh, as he said, and, and bring in the multiple factors that go into his decision as what technique is best for you. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah, you're tying, you know, if a patient does that, they're really tying, you know, tying your hands. And, um, you know, certainly if I was a patient, I would want my surgeon to do whatever they felt was going to be best for me, whether that was what I asked for or not. And so, you know, so keeping an open mind is, you know, is is really, uh, it's really important both on, on the patient's side and on, and on our side, so. And and Dr. Hay, I have a question. This is completely off topic. Uh Dr. Aka, when you were in residency with him, please tell me an interesting story about him. I I I, I know I know that there has to be at least one interesting oh, story about Dr. Aka. Yeah, there's so many. I don't know how long you, I don't know how long of an episode we have. You know, we're gonna cut you off right here. Uh, yeah, we, let, we, let the we man have speak. Schedule for that one. Right, every whole episode. Uh, you know, but I will say though, um, the our residency, like we actually just went to a wedding of um one of our co-residents, and we had such a great time in South Carolina, correct? Oh, it was a blast. It was an awesome time. Yeah. And and so that's one thing that I will say that like when you get together with the, your co-residents, you you remember all the good times and you appreciate just being in that environment with them. You know what I mean? So right. I will say, and then you hope that you forget all the negative parts of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all and that then, stuff. All that stuff. 
Right. And, 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 and that you never stu- forget. Right. You know, anything- the good people that you met and all the all the fun times and that's trips it. to conferences and all that good right. stuff. You so. know what I mean? And anything negative that I did, Doctor Hay, I want you to completely forget. <laughs> right. Gone. I don't remember anything. My man. So we definitely appreciate you coming through. We know you're a busy man and we will get you out of here. But thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to kind of explain to patients, you know, that just because you see something on the internet or on, 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 on TV or on, you know, Facebook, wherever it may be, that it may not be the only way to treat you and that we have other options for you. Absolutely. You know, hey, so, thanks for the opportunity, guys. This has been awesome. And, oh, uh, anytime you ever need anything, just let me know. Oh, we, oh, we appreciate it, man. Appreciate we appreciate you. it. All right. Enjoy your weekend, all right? All right. You too, guys. Have a good one. Right, you brother. too. Take care. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R E A L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.